Welcome to the Coaching DNA Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Wyckoff. I'm also the founder of Kingdom Coaching, my consulting business where I work with coaches, ADs, and executives, executives, journeying with them to help them be a leader worth following from the inside out. My guest this week is Ian McCall. This is part two of my conversation with Ian. Um, he is the uh, athletic director at Liberty University. During this part of our conversation, Ian and I talk about um, practically how he leads his staff, how Ian leads himself. We talk about Ian's hiring process, and then once those coaches are hired, what is the onboarding process, and much, much more. Ian is really, really wise, just a a great guy, um, has tons of experience, and has, uh, again, ton of wisdom. So without further ado, part two of my conversation with Ian McCall. Okay, I'm going to get way in the weeds with your your, uh, senior leadership team. What do your... What do your weekly meetings look like? How long are they? Um, is, are they are they check ins? Are they consistent topics that you're talking? About? Yeah, walk me through that. Good. Yeah. So again, a Christian University says so probably not not everyone's going to be doing this, but we open our, our meeting with uh, prayer requests and uh, open our meeting uh, with uh, one of our senior staff members will pray for whatever the prayer needs are at that at that particular time. Uh, we'll then go into, we're going through something right now, uh, culture wins, uh, altitude training, uh, where we spend probably about 15 minutes watching a video and discussing it. And, uh, uh, again, I think that's not opportunity, you, you know, no one is a born leader. You hear that expression, that person's a born leader. No one's a born leader. You have to develop leadership. And so that's one of our opportunities to kind of sharpen our leadership, uh, tools. Uh, and, uh, so we spend about 15 minutes doing that. Uh, we then do an update on our teams, and then we go around to each area and ask for updates uh, from each senior staff member on what's going on in their particular area. And then I'll close and talk about kind of the the top things that we're working on departmentally. So I, I don't um, like to meet for the sake of meeting, but um, in those meetings probably last uh, 30 to 45 minutes. Okay. Oh, wow. So they're pretty short on the shorter end of meetings. Yes. And then uh, talk about your one-on-ones with those uh, people same deal short. What, yeah. What do you go through there? Yeah. So, so it'll basically be, I'll have a list of items, uh, that I'll, I'll ask them about that, uh, relative to each area and they'll have a list of items that they want to talk to me about. Um, those meetings could go anywhere from 15 minutes to 40 or 45 minutes, just depending on, on what's going on in a particular area. But it's a, a chance to, to for me to dig a little bit deeper into their area and for them to kind of bounce ideas off off me. And again, I uh, from a servant leadership standpoint, my job is to help our people be better at what they do. So um, is there red tape that I can help you get, you know, get cut through to allow you to do your job better? Is there a problem that I can help you solve? Is there something that you need to be successful? Um, and so I'm, I'm really looking for opportunities to, to serve my people well in, in those opportunities. Okay, so you've mentioned the servant leadership multiple times. Um, I'm curious. Obviously, we, we've already talked about that Jesus modeled that, that we see in the scriptures that, you know, he's a servant leader. Is there anybody else that you've been around that you comes to mind that is just really, really, just really, really, um, 
great at at servant leadership like legit wants to serve their people yeah what you know one of our you know again i could mention several of our coaches one of our coaches who does an amazing job uh in that area i think is uh, richie mckay our men's basketball coach great servant leader really pours into his staff very intentional about that very intentional about pouring into student athletes very intentional about pouring into other coaches in the department he's kind of a I guess if we were to have a dean of our coaches, he would be kind of the, the the one people would, you know, if they have a question or they have unique situation on their team that they're struggling with, he would be kind of the coach they would go to. So, yeah, Richie McKay would be a great example of somebody who really uh, models servant leadership extremely well in, in a coaching context. Love that. That's good. Okay, we've talked leading staff, leading um, others. Let's talk leading self. What are your rhythms? What are your... Uh, obviously leading the department, you got to stay filled up. You got to stay sharp. What's that look like for you? Yeah. You know, a um, couple things I, I I do in terms of just my disciplines. Um, I like to work out. So I exercise every day, um, need to have a quiet time in the morning. That's my best time. So, you know, I'll, I'll uh, read a passage of scripture. I, I have two devotions that I, that I go through as well uh, each day. And that kind of sharpens me to, to be prepared for the day. So if I've got a workout in, a physical workout and a spiritual workout in um, before I start my day. That That's a good way for me to uh, to get rolling. I'm a morning person and, and typically I do my, my best work uh, in the morning. I go to bed uh, remarkably early. And uh, so I'm, uh, I need to get things done in the, in the a.m. for me to be uh, productive and, uh, and effective. Okay. So when you say remarkable early, remarkably early, are we talking like 830 or are we talking like 945? Um, eight, eight thirty some nights. Um, usually by nine o'clock. Uh, if I'm if I'm still up uh, after nine o'clock, that's that's a rarity. And then, what time are you getting up in the morning? Um, five ish. You know, typically. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I like to get good sleep. Uh, I like to be well rested. I'm again, I'm more effective um, when that's the case. And so again, I like to get up, up early. Um, oftentimes when it's dark and can get the workout in, get my quiet time in and get, get prepared for the day. Love it. Um, you didn't know we were going to get that personal on the, on the podcast today. That's fine. (laughs) Um, let's go to hiring. Um, would love to just maybe hear, I'll start with this question. What's your process? Uh, you have a, a a job opening. Uh, one of your head coaches takes a job elsewhere um, what's your process from A to Z and what, yeah, maybe just a general process. And then I might dive into maybe some more specifics. Yeah. One of the things I learned from Kevin White, he, uh, and his term for it was pre procurement, but always be, uh, prepared prior to uh, a job opening. So make sure you have a short list, make sure you have a, a plan, you know, who would be, uh, who would be your search consultant if you're going to hire one, but we really have a lot in place before all of a sudden you have a coaching change, whether it's a, a coach, you know, unexpectedly leaving or a, or a coach where you need to make a change, whatever it may be. But we try to spend a lot of time on pre-procurement so that when there is an opening, we've already done a lot of work on the front end. So we're not we're not just stepping into it blindly. But, you know, once that does happen, uh, we'll, we'll get into the, the process again. We may our search firm to uh, to assist us. I generally do that for you know, at least revenue producing sports. Um, and then, uh, but it will also typically have a short list and it doesn't mean we're going to hire someone off the short list, but we'll typically have a short list of candidates who are, we're intrigued by that we want to 
uh, definitely take a hard look at. But Travis, what, what we'll typically be looking for is uh, uh, there's five things that that uh, we really seek in in a candidate. Uh, first is going to be fit, um, and you know, particularly at Liberty, you need to have somebody who uh, Christian who's very comfortable uh, sharing their testimony, talking about faith, very uh, comfortable in the Christian environment. So uh, that would be number one. Second thing I'll look for is someone with some technical expertise. I like somebody who's got a unique ability, great offensive mind, great defensive mind. A unique style of play that that uh, kind of sets them apart. So I'm looking for somebody who's, um, you know, there are a lot of really good coaches out there, but somebody kind of a little bit special in some area. Um, so look for that from a technical standpoint. Third thing is um, they have to be an effective recruiter. Uh, I want someone who's got a really good plan and uh, someone who's demonstrated success in recruiting and, and someone also that we feel could recruit effectively to uh, to Liberty. Uh, fourth, um, I think coaches in today's world have to be relational. You have to be relational with your players. You have to be relational with your staff. You have to be relational with uh, donors and external constituents. So definitely someone who uh, has a high level of uh, relational acumen. And then fifth, um, someone who can be a CEO of a program. You know, there's a lot of moving parts and programs. You know, obviously, if you're at the FBS level in football, you know, it's a, it, you know, you're almost like a, a Fortune 500 CEO in terms of a lot of people, uh, a lot of personalities, a uh, lot to really think through. But uh, we're really looking for somebody who can be the, a CEO of the program, can build a healthy culture, someone who's organized, someone who can inspire people, and really has uh, CEO talents to uh, to bring to uh, to our program. So those are the five things that, that I really uh, seek. And uh, typically, it will involve... Um, a number of different people. It's not just going to be uh, my set of eyes. I want I want to see hear from others and and get their input as well. But I like to move fairly quickly through these processes, and uh, I, I think um, long searches tend to be detrimental for a lot of reasons, particularly in the in the transfer portal era. Yep. You can't really afford to have a long search, so we try to move pretty quickly and. Uh, um, when we hired uh, Hugh Freeze, that was a five day search. That's probably um, as short as you'd like it to be, but I, I like them to be kind of in the five to 10 day window typically. So you, um, when you say you want to involve other people, are you talking about, you know, maybe a, um, a professor on campus, somebody else in the department, you're getting a, is it a smaller group of people that put, puts eyes on these candidates? Smaller than, than some, but, but uh, so typically, um, you know, your, your president's going to be involved at whatever level he or she wants to be. And yep. so, you know, that, that person, but then, uh, typically, um, I'll want, you know, two or three members of the senior staff to be to be actively involved. And again, there's a lot of confidentiality that's needed in, in today's uh, search search processes. So, but I, I'd like to be able to rely on insight from others, uh, kind of hear what their their observations are, um, you know, to, to get their feedback on, on candidates as well. So are you um, just with the, you know, obviously the last couple of years of Zoom, are you going to um, set up Zoom calls to make initial react connection, or are you going to like, no, we're going to meet face to face with my shortlist? How do you, how does that play out? Yeah, we actually haven't had to to do a search during the COVID world, but I think we oh, yeah. would uh, we'd do an initial Zoom with you know a handful of candidates, try to narrow it down to to maybe a couple finalists, and, and try and meet with them in person. Yeah, love that. 
Um, maybe talk about onboarding. You hire a coach. I'd be curious what your thoughts are on like, okay, they're hired. Awesome. Cause I think that's where, you know, all the publicity comes uh, up until that point. And it's just like, boom, then it's done. And what goes on behind the scenes can be really critical to their success. Yeah. I'd love to hear just maybe your thoughts on onboarding a new coach. Yeah. And again, another Ke- Kevin White uh, terminology, you know, he called it integration and uh, you really need to do a good job once they are hired to make sure that they're well integrated. And, you know, Liberty is very unique. If we're hiring someone, for example, from a public school, um, you know, it, there's going to be a lot of things that are very different about Liberty in terms of the way, way we conduct our business, the way they, um, things that they're going to need to know and be equipped with. So uh, we try to spend a good amount of time on the front end, um, really um, helping them, um, you know, sort out kind of what they need to know, what's unique about the institution, how they sell the institution, um, uh, just just uh, making them as familiar as they possibly can. But as you know, that that's a frantic time because the head coach is also trying to hire staff and recruit and and buy house and, and a lot of things. So, um, but but that that's a really important stage, and uh, I do think. One thing we probably haven't done great as an industry is is we we do often hire people, have the press conference, and then say, "Hey, good luck to you," um, you know, and then check in with them a few years later and see how things have gone. And and that that's really um, that that's not setting people up to be successful. It's really those those early investments in terms of um, helping them figure out what's unique about the institution and getting them well integrated is really valuable. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I uh, was visiting with a, a Division One baseball coach. This was probably a year ago, maybe a little bit more. And he and he said just that. He's like, I, you know, they 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 hand me the keys to this car at the press conference, and I hold them up, and I'm super excited. And then the press conference ends, and he said, I literally remember thinking, Oh crap! Oh no! Like, man, I'm on my own here, and yeah, it can be it can be daunting. It can be daunting. Okay, let's. I would love to hear. Um, you've got ten direct reports. Um, what's your interaction with your coaches like? I'm guessing some coaches you have more interaction with. Um, and I'm yeah. Ha, what what is how, how do you navigate um, navigate the building relationship with coaches, trying to connect with them consistently, but yet you've got this behemoth of an athletic department you're also leading with 10 direct reports and on and on and on yeah how do you navigate that yeah so so um again we we talked a little bit about earlier just you know we do have some department-wide cultural events that kind of bring people together and i think those are good good for coaches to interact with coaches and for me to interact with coaches and so forth so i think those are really positive but each uh each of our sports has a, a sport administrator and really would I, I view their role is is they're going to deal with the coach on a day-to-day basis um, for whatever their their day-to-day needs are. If there are any big picture issues, I want them to bring those to me and then I'm going to be involved if there's something significant going on in the program or significant need in the program uh, that, that needs to be addressed and and uh, that that would be when I would get more involved in, in terms of sport. Um, yes, the, there's no question. Uh, I spend more time with the football, men's and women's basketball, baseball, softball, kind of those, those five would be the ones I'd be a little bit more, um, involved with. Um, but, um, you know, I've, I've told all of our coaches, uh, if you have an important recruit, I'm always happy to meet with them. If there's something I can do to serve or support your program, you know, don't hesitate to let, let me know. Oftentimes, again, they'll feed that need through the sport administrator, but, 
Um, and we try to have very good teamwork between uh, myself, the sport administrator and the head coach um, so that no one's surprised. We all kind of know what what's um, what's going on within a program. And uh, we're all making sure that people are well resourced to be successful. That's so good. OK, I want to ask another question that's way in the weeds. Uh, I had a conversation a year ago with a coach. Uh, the coach loved the AD. The coach and the sport administrator just were like oil and water. Walk walk me through how you, if you've ever had to na- if you have ever had to navigate that, or how would you navigate that? I have had to to navigate it, um, and um, I, I've changed sport administrators in that case. Okay. If, if the if the coach and the sport administrator are not working well together, it's not good for either one. And so um, I just changed the sport administrator um, to, to somebody. I don't want my sport administrator to be the coach's best friend and, you know, to vacation with them. Uh, I don't want that type of relationship. It needs to be professional, but it needs to be an effective working relationship. If, if they can't work effectively together, if they're bickering and, and not on the same page, uh, that's a negative for both. And, and we'll just flip people around. We'll shuffle the deck and, and, uh, make sure that, that we've good, healthy working relationships and with each one of our programs. Yeah, it's really good. Okay. I want to ask about, um, Baylor and I just want to touch on or ask on it's been six ish years. What have you learned from that? What, what do you feel like the biggest takeaway, um, from those, from, from the, the, just a minute for lack of a better term, it was a really, really tough ending. What'd you learn from that? Yeah, you know, a few things. First of all, I, I mostly focus when I think about it on on the great times, and we had so many great times, great experiences, really positive. It was really unfortunate. I think what they um, what happened to our Bryles and the way he was essentially blamed for what was a campus wide um, problem, campus wide sexual assault scandal that dated back decades. Um, and I, I guess you know what I probably learned from it. Um, through, you know, a lot of reflection, a lot of prayer is, is just forgiveness. And uh, everyone makes mistakes. I I think that the um, leadership would have handled things differently if they could do it over again. Um, And uh, I I just think that we just, uh, forgiveness is something that's, uh, it's very powerful. Uh, Bible speaks to it extensively. And uh, we just need to recognize that uh, we've all made mistakes. We've all fallen short in different areas. And, uh, uh, we just need to uh, to forgive those that uh, that uh, either made mistakes or you know intentionally uh, did things that uh, they shouldn't have done. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Okay, I end with three questions. Um, the first one is, what are you currently reading, or maybe listening to that's uh, keeping you sharp, helping you grow? Yeah, I'll give you a couple books um, that I've, I've just finished uh, relatively recently. Um, Win the Day by Mark Batterson and Atomic Habits by by James Clear. And both books are very uh, similar in that they, they just talk about developing and building great habits. And, uh, you know, successful people have great habits. Uh, they wouldn't be successful if they didn't have great habits. And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned some of mine, you know, uh, fitness and quiet time and I uh, try to eat right and make sure I'm hydrated and uh, do a good job of kind of planning my my uh, calendar. And um, one of the things uh, Mark Batterson talked about uh, in in Win the Day is is eat the frog. And uh, what what he really what that really means is that you know we all have to eat frogs. That that's something that no one looks forward to. That's very distasteful. The thought of eating a eating a frog. 
but we all have frogs we need to eat. And the best thing to do is eat that frog first thing in the day, get it done, get it over with, rather than fretting about it for three days, having it ruined three days, get three bad nights of sleep, uh, stressing out, um, just just go ahead and eat the frog because uh, we, we, all, we all have those. Um, I think one of the things James Clear talked about was start the day with a completed task. And, you know, whether that's getting a workout in, whether that's making your bed, whether that's checking the first thing off your, your to-do list, whatever it is, but get your day started with a completed task. That'll give you some positive momentum to, to move forward with. So um, those are a couple of books that I've been reading recently and a couple of uh, things have really spoken to me. Are you, um, you read at night? When's your best reading time? When, and, and how often or how much do you read? I try to read a little bit every day. And um, so again, other than kind of the quiet time I mentioned, uh, I try to read a little bit at noontime and then uh, typically uh, later in the day as well. But I, again, uh, I'm, I'm winding down at kind of about the 830 hour. So uh, um, yeah, most of my reading is earlier than that. Yeah, love it. By the way, my family gives me such a hard time because I love to, I try, I, I like to go to bed early too, not near as early as you. And so I like to eat dinner early and my, my family gives me such a hard time. I'm like, you're like, we need to go to furs cafeteria at four 30 for dad to eat. Um, are you an early, do you have to eat early as well? Same thing. Yeah. I usually, yeah. Um, I like to eat maybe not quite that early, but I, I I'm, I like to eat probably no later than five 30. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, same with me. Okay. Um, Second question I ask: What what advice would you give a young person who is you know in their in their early twenties, mid twenties that is uh, wanting to get into the athletic administration space? Yeah, I, I think just make sure um, you're doing it for the right reasons. If you're if you have a passion for investing in people, developing people, um, and uh, having them pursue the right things, this is a great field to uh, to uh, to be in. If you're looking to get into it for limelight and, and dollars, uh, those are probably not the right reasons to uh, to get in this profession. So uh, as long as you're doing it for the right right reasons, it's, uh, it's a great field to, to work in. It's great to be around uh, young people. Love that. Okay. Um, last question. Who would you, you, you get to um, hang out for an hour and a half, two hours with any AD in the country? to learn from you're there to have lunch and to, to maybe ask them some questions, get insight from them. Who, who, who are some names that popped to your mind? Yeah. Um, again, mention Kevin white, um, would be one, uh, that would, that would be really good. Um, I really like, uh, John Curry, the idiot wake forest, um, that does a, does a great job there. And, and he and I are good friends. Uh, those, those would be a couple of the, the ADs, um, a couple coaches, um, you know, um, Grant Taft was a great mentor for me during my time at Baylor. Uh, just tremendous. He was a, a coach, an AD, um, head of American Football Coaches Association for many years. Just a, a great mentor, great kind of a, a John Wooden of football uh, in many ways. So uh, always a, a great person to learn from. And um, another one uh, that, that I really thought highly of, I worked with him for a short time at, at Baylor, was Jim Grobe. Just a really wise individual, high integrity, high character uh, individual. So those would be those would be some some people that uh, it would really be a treat to, to spend some time with. Okay, now you've got to you've got to uh, you get a chance two hour lunch with someone you don't know, you've never met in as an athletic director around the country. Who would that be? 
Yeah, you know, uh, someone I've, I've met but haven't spent much time with, I've been very impressed with, is Scott Strickland, AD, University of Florida. Uh, I know Scott just a little bit, but but I, I, I probably him. And then the other one who I also know a little bit but would like to know better would be uh, Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC. He's He impresses me a great deal as well. And uh, both are uh, both are believers and, and both are really uh, impressive individuals. Yeah. Ian, this has been great, man. Thanks for letting me pepper you with questions. Um, I got to send a, a quick shout out to my buddy, Trevor Johnson, volleyball coach at Liberty. He raves about you. He speaks highly. The whole industry speaks highly about you. So um, on two fronts, appreciate you taking time and just to encourage you. Man, there's a ton. You've got a ton of ton of people that speak really highly of you. Thanks, Travis. Really appreciate that. And again, really appreciate your uh, you serving uh, so many people so well through uh, through Kingdom Coaching. Love it.